Performance politics is fueling polarization. Virtue signaling is replacing discussion. And far too often, Mr. Speaker, we're just using this chamber to generate clips, not to start national debates. That is the voice of Aaron O'Toole. And 11 years, 11-ish years after becoming MP, uh, this was part of a goodbye message from the former conservative leader that he left to uh, all his colleagues on all sides of the aisle. And um, O'Toole leaves a pretty nice career in politics, serving almost three full terms as MP for Durham Region, led the Conservatives through an election that uh, would end his time as leader, and now leaves office warning um, that Chinese government is a massive threat for this country, and also after being warned by CSIS that he will be a target for life. So as far as Mr. O'Toole's exit speech is concerned, he wants uh, the Prime Minister to get serious about interference. Aaron O'Toole, MP for Durham, joining me now. Good to have you, sir. Great to be back, Alex. I guess uh, former uh, is a title we'll be calling you soon. Is it bittersweet for you? Uh, It's bittersweet, but I'm also excited. I'm a lot of formers. I'm a former military (laughs) officer, former lawyer, former minister, former leader. Gosh, I'm only 50, Alex. Uh, uh, But I'm going to be working back in business on geopolitical risk and trade and growing Canada's exports. So it's a new challenge for me, but I'm very proud of the last uh, 10 and a half years in politics. Is there a feeling of uh, frustration? I mean, look, you, you went through this. There's a lot of politics in politics, and there's always a lot of politics within the political parties themselves. And so there's n- no such thing as, as everyone always being united. Some um, don't necessarily hide it as well as others. But, uh, you know, you were the leader of the party. There were a lot of issues, certainly with the Chinese interference. Uh, but also, um, you know, if you had been able to win one or two more seats, would you have been able to stay on? You know, I, I thought about that in the in the weeks and months after I lost the leadership. You know, um, you know, some estimates had a half dozen or so seats being switched by interference by Beijing. Mm-hmm. Um, Maxime Bernier's uh, PPC split a few off. I, I tried to run a national campaign to bring all Canadians together, including people here in the 416 and the 905. I was pro-vaccine, but I was against mandates that would cause people to lose their jobs. And Justin Trudeau you know, called people names and and tried to vilify people that had concerns and and weren't sure about vaccines. All the experts told me, don't do that. Don't politicize this issue. But it was tough. I had, you know, Maxime on the far right, um, you know, claiming they (laughs) they were bad. And then you had Justin Trudeau claiming people were bad if they didn't follow every single rule. So on a number of things, I tried to bridge the gap. I didn't bridge it enough, but I'm proud of what we did. And I also was proud of some of the ideas we put forward on rebuilding our military, strength in the Arctic, things I've been talking about, as you know, Alex, for many, many years. And so I think I've added to the national debate. And these issues are now some of which are, are quite hot with the war in Ukraine. And so that'll be a bit of my legacy is starting these conversations. Yeah, I mean, some would say you're quite ahead of your time, even though everyone is decades behind in this country of dealing with Chinese interference. It's obvious now through Sam Cooper's reporting and uh, Bob Fife, Terry Glavin and and Steve Chase that we have been woefully neglectful on this file. Something that your party did raise, you guys raised during the campaign, that there were things going on, wasn't taken seriously. And we know all the politics since then. Um, And and. The concern I think we should have is that there is no such thing as a little interference. Uh, nothing should be okay. 
Um, and we seem to kind of be okay with it in this country, which makes me very uncomfortable, whether it's half a seat, one seat, two seat. None of this should be okay, and we've wasted months and months of political games and not actually getting to the root of this and, and figuring it out. I agree with you 100%, Alex. You know, every seat matters in 338 seats, especially in minority parliaments where a few seats really do matter. We can't write off seats in, in Richmond, B.C. or in Markham, um, because we know there's going to be interference. Oh, well, what's four or five seats? Those seats are in our democracy. And if we're not willing to stand up and defend that um, and to make it nonpartisan, you know, it shouldn't be a red or blue issue in Canada. It should be we don't want a communist regime in Beijing doing things to to suppress vote, to intimidate people that came to Canada for for liberty. And we ran a pretty eyes wide open campaign with respect to China on the, the genocide against the Uyghur population. We were, you know, against Huawei and a number of strategic acquisitions of by China. Trudeau was completely the opposite. And some of our MPs that took principled stands were directly targeted. I was targeted, Michael Chong. And I, I think the fact that the government knew and didn't tell us is something that has to be explored in an inquiry, because I, I really do think the Trudeau liberals were negligent. Well, yes. And, and, and I mean, I don't know where this goes. I mean, it should have been done a long time ago. We're going into summer break. We could be going into an election. I'm not sure how we have an election, um, given uh, this wouldn't be sorted out. How do you go to an election if we don't have some kind of plan in place, because we know that this is happening every level of government uh, countrywide? Well, now that CSIS, you know, I got my briefing, Michael Chong, Jenny Kwan, um, now that CSIS is taking that step and had been cleared to by the government, uh, we would go into the next election being very mindful about what's happening on WeChat, yeah. warning people in certain communities that you can't trust things. We were asking them to do this last time, Alex, mm -hmm. and the, the government officials refused. So, I think we need the inquiry, but if we're going to go into an election, we have to go in at least learning uh, from what happened last time. Um, I, I think we will have time. I think we're going to have time to have the inquiry and, and build up some defenses for our democracy. But this is if we allow this to be maintained, Sam Cooper is now saying it, it's more than 12, 15 ridings. It could be as many as 40 where there was interference. And so status quo is only going to embolden Beijing to keep doing this. Yeah. And um, Sam Cooper, for those who don't know, is going to be testifying at PROC tomorrow. So uh, that should be a very kind of revealing, I think, um, appearance that he makes. Um, what's your concern as you leave office? I mean, I know that one of the things that kind of gets people talking is is you you suggest that Mr. Paul Lievra has to somehow become not more central, uh, but maybe more likable um, or show that he can kind of come more to the center. I think a lot of people in the base would say, well, that hasn't worked in the past for other conservative leaders, maybe yourself. Um, and so they will say, no, that didn't work. Ken, uh, and you, you see the polling, right? You see the polling where 80% of Canadians want change. They just may be uncomfortable with Paul Lievra. And so are you suggesting that even with the polls that they are now and the way that Mr. Pauly ever is um, leading the party, that, that uh, does he have to soften? Does he have to move? Because I think if he moves, it'll be the same criticism that conservatives just don't know what they stand for. I think Pierre is addressing a lot of the frustrations that are out there and that desire to change. I don't think he has to change. It's just we have to speak to all the issues when people quote, quote unquote, the base, Alex, they're often referring to the loudest voices on yeah. social media. Yeah. 
And, you know, when I go, to, there's more conservative voters in Toronto than all of Saskatchewan. You know, they're I not living on my up. street, I assure you that. No, no they're, they're <laughs> out in the 905. They're out in the 905. And so we get more votes in Ontario than in Western Canada. And so we have to say, how can we get our resources to market? How can we be principled? How can we support our, our men and women in uniform? A number of things that unite conservatives. But a lot of 905 suburban parents, I'm one of them, mm-hmm. want to say, how can we also get our pipelines to get our oil to market, but also reduce our emissions? I put out an idea on that. It probably went flat on both left and right. But I think this is what Pierre will have to do, whether it's nuclear energy and, and you know, our, our energy mix to get emissions down. Because I find suburban parents uh, don't have the same views as somebody in rural Saskatchewan or Alberta, but they're still conservative. And so how do we bridge that gap? That's what I tried to talk about in uh, in, in my final speech as well, because the Liberals are essentially now the NDP because they've been appealing to people on the left on social media and they're getting messages from the climate apocalypse and shut down Canada, all these ridiculous messages on the left. Mm-hmm. So they have drifted left. We have to make sure that, you know, Maxime Bernier doesn't pull us too far right, that we lose that suburban urban voter, because I do think you can be conservative whether you live in, in Oakville or Bowmanville and, and not just in, in Fort McMurray or, or in uh, southern Alberta. So I think this is the balance I think Pierre will try and strike in the next election. Whenever that might be. What's your, uh, what are you going to miss? What aren't you going to miss? <laughs> I'm going to miss, I do a lot of work, as you know, Alex, with veterans yeah. and our, our first responders. I do an annual mental health event with, with Romeo Dallaire yep. uh, each, each May. I handed that off to MP Alex Ruff, mm-hmm. a cur- former RCR colonel and Afghan veteran, and Senator Rebecca Patterson, a Navy admiral. So I, I feel like I'm handing off some of the things I've been working on. I've been a big advocate for nuclear, very proud of the SMR being built at, at Darlington. That's something I advocated for for years. So I feel I'm passing the torch. I'm not dropping it, but I will miss that interaction. You know, I've, I walked onto Juno Beach yeah. with Ernest Cote, one of the people that planned that that historic invasion. So it's been a real privilege for me to get to know some of these, these amazing Canadians, both in my riding of Durham and across the country. Well, I don't think we've heard the last of you. I certainly hope we have not, but uh, uh, always enjoy talking to you. I'm sure we'll talk again. I'll wish you the very best in the public uh, of the private sector. And um, thank you to you and your family. Thank you, Al. It's always been a joy to talk to you. So let's let's not be strangers. There we go. We will not be. Uh, that is Aaron O'Toole. It's almost like he's uh, happy. <laughs> it's almost like he's got a bit of pep in his stuff. He will be a target of China uh, from here on in. Um, that's not going to go away. He's not too worried, but... Um, it's an interesting time, but uh, yeah, we, I don't think we've heard the last of Mr. Aaron O'Toole.